What specifically would you do that you aren't currently able to because your health condition is holding you back? Welcome to Balance Health Now podcast. I'm your certified functional nutrition health coach and your host, Sydney Torres. My passion is helping women balance their hormones naturally and improve gut function. Being a health detective, finding the underlining root causes. My other passion is speaking to other health and wellness warriors who share the same vision, wellness for all. We chat all things A to Z on holistic health and wellness, providing holistic and science-based solutions to help you reclaim your health so you can live, feel, and transform into the best version of you. If you don't have your health, then what do you have? I release new episodes every Wednesday. Hope to see you inside. This podcast is meant for educational purposes only. The content should not be used to diagnose, treat, cure any medical or psychological disorder. Today, I have a really special guest, Kathy Watson. Hi, Kathy. Hi, Sydney. (laughs) Nice to be here. I know. And I'm so excited to have you here today. And I'm so excited about our conversation because I think um, what we're going to talk about is not really talked about that much. Pelvic health changes during menopause. But before we dive into the good stuff, I just want to learn a little bit about who you are and what you do. So if you could just tell us how you got started in helping women navigate through menopause, because you are a a pelvic health physiotherapist. Just tell us a little bit more about your journey. Sure. Um, So yeah, I work with pelvic health. I see, I treat a lot of women for various issues like bladder and um, bowel incontinence and prolapse and um, uh, pelvic pain. And I was noticing that there was a lot of, you know, changes during that those menopausal years or say perimenopausal years. And I realized like lots of women don't know a lot about this. Like I didn't know much. I didn't know anything about perimenopause when I was going through it. And I was like, wow, I know nothing about this. I don't, you know, I really need to start learning. So when I started down that journey, constantly taking courses and I joined the North American Menopause Society because then you have access to a lot of great research and kind of the latest guidelines. It was super helpful. And then I just started helping my clients along. I start thinking about more pelvic health, but then it kind of does, you know, morph into the rest of the body. Um, And I think because I have time to spend with my clients, you know, when they go see their family doctor, the doctors are very rushed. They don't have a lot of time. And this isn't really on their radar a lot. So I found this was a really great time to spend just, you know, sitting down, talking with women um, and just making sure they have the information like that. I think we're going to see more of that going forward, but um, it's, you know, it's going to take some time. But I really hope for that because I really want women to have as much information as possible so they can make really great informed decisions about their own health. Yeah. And I, I agree with you. I'm so glad that you are doing the work that you are doing because as women, we're really not taught about these sort of things, you know, and I'm all about prevention. So if we are educated, if we are aware, then if we do encounter 
some sort of issue with our, with our health, we will know how to navigate that. So I, I'm just I'm just so glad for this conversation. So if we could just maybe start off, lay the foundation, let's just talk about what menopause is. Yeah, that'll bring us all on the same page. Um, so we think about menopause. So perimenopause is the time leading up to menopause because menopause itself is really just that moment in time. It's when you have not had a period for 12 consecutive months and then they kind of stamp, label you menopause but you're really only there for a second because then you jump right into postmenopause where we will be for the remainder of our lifetimes. Perimenopause is the more problematic time leading up to menopause. On average, women start in perimenopause in the mid forties on average, even though it could be earlier, this is just an average. And that's really in North American industrialized countries. We have those stats from, and then on average, menopause that we're kind of labeled with would be around 51, 52. So those are really kind of those time frames we're looking for. But the perimenopause is really the time we're either peri or post, but peri more than any other time is a time we're really going to start to see those irregularities and bleeding. Um, we could have more bleeding. We could have less bleeding. We could have more cramps. We could have all sorts of things like that. And then a lot of other symptoms. And some some women have them mild to, to nothing. Some women have quite moderate symptoms and some have quite severe symptoms. But that's kind of like menopause. We use menopause. And sometimes even when I talk about it, I'll just say, I'm going to use the word menopause. But what I really mean is the whole the whole um, time frame, period to post. So we kind of cover all of that. Right. And two, if you can also just kind of give like a brief uh, explanation of what, when you say pelvic floor, if you could just kind of break that down for everybody. Yeah. So pelvic floor, we're thinking about those muscles inside the vulva vaginal area and really inside anal rectal as well, because it all kind of works together. Um, those are the muscles that we want to think about because they're changing a lot during this time, during peri and postmenopause, they're experiencing a lot of changes. Um, those muscles are really important. So they're not just, we, we really kind of sometimes think about them mostly if something's going in there or something's coming out. But we don't think about them in other ways. Uh, we need to kind of take care of that area, I think, a little bit better. And those muscles are really important for, um, um, yes, for enhancing sexual gratification, for sure, but also for supporting our organs, um, for keeping us dry, you know, so that we don't leak when we don't want to. And that's sort of both ends. So those they also even help with lymph flow and making sure there isn't a fluid congestion in that area. So. Um, those muscles do a lot, but the pelvic floor, that's kind of what we're thinking about those inside muscles we can't really see. So what, as, as we progress, you know, as we go through the, the different stages of our lives, like as women, what would be, I guess, some, um, some preventative ways where we can just kind of like help nurture the, what's going on, like the muscles and just everything overall? I think knowing what's going on in there is super helpful. And so the first thing I always think about is it'd be great to know how to both lengthen and strengthen those inside muscles, just like we do with all the other muscle groups in our body. You know, we go to the gym or we have sports or we do hobbies and stuff and we're moving our body, and we're working all those muscles. It would be really great to work those muscles as well. The only downside to that is a lot of women don't know, like they're just trying to do a Kegel, 
but what are they doing? You know, they're not totally sure how to do it properly and nobody's really showing us. So um, that's kind of the only tricky part, just making sure. But if you can see somebody, have them help you get started, make sure you know, are your muscles, what your muscles are doing when they're letting go and stretching and how to tighten them, that would be great. It's good to know, are those muscles too tight? Because then they need to be stretched just like any other muscle group in the body, or are they just weak and they need to be strengthened? So number one, I think public, the, the muscles themselves would be great to know how to work those muscles because those need to be integrated in so many things we do. Like we want to engage those muscles before we lift something heavy. We want to use them if we're doing gym uh, workout exercises and stuff. So definitely that part. So with, with what you just said, you said you recommended to maybe go to somebody. So would we seek out going to a gynecologist or would we seek out reaching um, out to somebody like you who specializes in like the pelvic health? Probably. I mean, the pelvic, pelvic health physios are a great place to go you can because your gp is just really it's more pathology right and they're not going to send you to a gynecologist if there isn't a problem um the gynecologists are so it's not their forte sort of thing to work on muscles and stuff they do pathology so pelvic health physios are probably the the best place to go but you also don't need to think oh my god i'm gonna have to go to physio i'm gonna be there forever on average i see people you know two to three times I only see people more if it's to do with pain. So it doesn't have to be a big investment and it doesn't have to be a long time investment. You might just need once to go and say, hey, I want to know what's going on with my muscles. And then once you know, you'll be taught something to work on. And then it's really the work that the individual does. So with your with your practice, what are some of the common changes that you see with your uh, clients? Yeah. So they come in with issues more incontinence. So say um, somebody's never lever leaked before, they've never had a problem. And all of a sudden they're starting to go through peri post-menopause and they're starting to have leaking problems. That could be bladder leaking. That's a big one. Um, pelvic pain's another. They've never had issues. And all of a sudden they start noticing that with any kind of sexual penetration, it's very painful. <clears throat> and then the other one would probably be prolapses never a problem and all of a sudden they're noticing a bulge or they're feeling some heaviness in the pelvic floor so those are the things that bring them in um, and it's during that sort of time frame and what I see the changes are are um, so the vaginal area like if we think of the vaginal areas as tons of estrogen receptors in there our whole body loves estrogen and so inside the vagina say um say the receptors are like little parking spots and then the estrogens are little cars. And so inside the vagina, we have all these great parking spots and we have all these little estrogen cars that kind of drive in and kind of snug into those little parking spots are all happy in there. As we go through peri and post-menopause, we, that type of estrogen decreases dramatically. So we don't have as many of those little estrogen cars now. And those little parking spots, because they don't see cars parked in there anymore, they just kind of become not quite as useful. They don't recognize the car anymore. So we have less parking spots and we've got less cars. What those little cars were doing, were keeping our vaginal, vulva and rectal areas as, as needed, um, well lubricated, especially, especially vaginally, well lubricated. It was keeping our muscles nice and plump. Um, it was keeping our... Um, vaginal area free of UTIs or urinary tract infections. So we were, we were staying um, infection free for the most part. 
Now, when we don't have all those little estrogen cars and parking spots happening, we find that the vaginal muscles start to thin. So we get this atrophy or thinning of muscles. Then we once had all these, if you think about, say, gates that are really closely connected, like closed, when we don't have estrogen, those gates aren't quite, they're like old fences, you know, they're not, they're not holding up as well as tight together. And now little bugs can get in there. So that's when we might see never having had a UTI or a urinary tract infection, all of a sudden in peri perimenopause, we have our first one. So little bugs can get in, the muscles are thinning. So we have less muscle bulk and we have less lubrication. Okay, now do you ever, um... I guess my question is like, I know a lot of people don't like to take like um, HRTs or anything like that. So are there like, would you recommend like natural creams like over the counter or if you could just speak into that? Yes. Um, I always talk about vaginal estrogen with my clients just because it is available. I want them to know about it. Um, it still is used widely. They see, they feel the risk is very low. I know with research, they find that it's a topical vaginal application. So directly to the vagina, either, you know, tablets or um, a lubricant squirted in there. And the estrogen levels only go up for the first couple of weeks and then they come right back down to baseline. So they know it's not a systemic thing for <clears throat> For women who absolutely do not like that idea and don't want to go anywhere near there, I always also bring up hyaluronic acid. They've done studies on showing how hyaluronic acid may be as effective as vaginal estrogen in keeping those muscles more moisturized and plumped and the pH better. So that's a nice option that there's no prescription needed for. And they can use that topically. So the same kind of hyaluronic acid we would use on our face, but we're going to do not the same. Let me correct that. <laughs> Don't use that cream that you use on the face in the vagina, <laughs> but you get actually a specific vaginal, you know, topical hyaluronic acid to use. And that keeps everything nice and moisturized. There are some products um, like here. I don't know where else they're offered, but <clears throat> there's products like Replens. It's more of a moisturizer. Don't believe there's hyaluronic acid in there, but it's more of a moisturizer. A lot of gynecologists up here anyway, suggest that one. There's another one called, um, I don't even know how to pronounce it because I've never used it. I don't even suggest it, but it's Repagyn or Repagyn, R-E-P-A-G-Y-N. That does have hyaluronic acid in it. I think the other things that um, women need to be concerned about is if they're using lubricants to use a lubricant with a pH of 4.5. So if it's a water-soluble lubricant they're using because they have pelvic pain with um, sexual penetration, then try to find one that's 4.5. We want to keep the pH the same. As the, as the vagina wants it. And that's around a 4.5. Okay. And that, that's really good to know. That's really good information because I, I guess you don't really like think about those little things. And that's why I'm so glad that we're having this conversation because you know, the little details. So you're able yeah. just to share that with others. Yeah. So I have another question. So if you could go like back to like your twenties, right. Knowing what you know, now, if you could go back to your twenties, what would be like the advice in regards to like women's health? What advice would you give yourself um, if you could like travel back in time and say, hey, you know what? Start to do X, Y, and Z now. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's a big question. Um, 
I would, well, in other, well, besides the obvious, be nicer to myself, you know, feel more confident about myself, all those, those, um, you know, real obvious things that I think probably most of us struggle with at some point. When women's health, I would, I would like to have tracked my cycle, actually, more specifically, going forward, um, from a pelvic health perspective, because as uh, as you go into perimenopause, you really have a good idea of what your cycle's like. And then there probably weren't apps, but I could have written it out. <laughs> but even just, to, you know, jot down those symptoms and know where you're at, because during certain parts of the cycle, there's a chance of more injury. And so personally, I experienced that going through perimenopause and it was early on. And I thought, wow, I, the, what I just did was nothing. And yet I actually suffered quite an injury from it. So that really kind of took me back. Um, and that's when I started digging even more into what, how does estrogen help our muscles and tendons, you know, understanding that from a cellular point of view, because then it's makes more sense, but I definitely would probably cycle track because that would be really great information preparing you for perimenopause. And I think women in their twenties and thirties, even before perimenopause should know about this. This is like huge. And it's, it's so important. It's not just pesky symptoms either. It's changes to the heart and the bone and our, our skeletal muscles. So I think it's super important to look at it differently, not, not get worried about it, but um, have more information. Cause I think Sydney, we're like, like-minded that information it's power. Knowledge is power. And you can do so much more with that when you have the information. You know, yes, I, I totally agree about knowledge is power. Um, and the information part is good. I was just like, the thought just went out of my head. But, oh, I was going to say a lot of women I hear are just like suffering, you know, yes. and just there's so many symptoms that are common and I'm like such a big advocate just because your symptom is common doesn't mean it's normal. And I think we've just kind of like, just because everybody's kind of suffering through, um, suffering with the same symptom, we've just normalized it and we've just kind of blown it off. And over time, it just, it, it adds up, it adds up, it gets worse, it gets worse. And then boom, now you have like this big, problem where if you would have taken the prevention and would have been like informed, then you could have taken the right steps to veer off whatever you're going through. So yeah, I just think that this information should be taught when we're, you know, like we should know about this stuff in our twenties, because I really didn't learn about this stuff until I was like, geez, like in my forties, you know, and I just had to progress all through my life. I had symptoms and I'm like, what the heck is going on? You go to the doctor and you're just blown off. Like, Oh, it's nothing. Everybody. What, what's the most common thing? Oh, you're getting older. Yeah. It happens with oh. age. Like how many times have you heard that? I hate that. I hate that. Yeah. So I just want everybody like listening right now. Just, just don't accept oh, it's getting older or, oh, it's common or, oh, my mom went through it. No, it's like, we've got to change. We've got to educate each other, help each other because we are not meant to feel like crappy, you know, like why go through life just feeling crappy and having all these issues, you know? Absolutely. I hundred percent agree. No woman should have to suffer and feel crappy. And I, I think it's, 
if we don't have all the information on there's hard to find it where do you look and so sometimes that whole oh just suffer in silence every like you're saying everybody goes through it it's just what happens no it doesn't have to happen like that we're not meant to feel that way and there are so many lifestyle changes we can make they're not complicated and you just do one at a time you just pick one little thing and tweak it um because it's yeah it's so important it doesn't have to be hormone therapy that's an option out there but that does not have to be um, your option and no matter if somebody does choose that option they still need to do their lifestyle changes to better get way better effect out of how they feel but suffering is no that's absolutely old information we need to change it sydney <laughs> exactly exactly so besides you know uh besides you where could somebody look if they wanted to like learn more about pelvic health just to educate them themselves do you have like a go-to website or um I guess my question is if somebody wants to learn more information what would a reputable website be that you can maybe recommend well they do have a lot of information on NAMS North American Menopause Society and that's just for general public they can go in there and learn all about um what's going on through menopause all about their bones and their muscles and pelvic health so that's definitely something um i do have a few things on my channel i'm starting to build more on my youtube channels and putting under playlists what's so easier to find so that way people can like okay i want to know about nutrition or i want to know about um, muscles or i want to you know to start getting that going um yeah so i would say those are a couple of options for sure Okay. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's good. So is there anything else that you want to talk about? Maybe like that I left out that you just want to bring awareness to? I don't think so. I think that was the main thing I probably would have added had you not already said it was don't suffer. You don't have to suffer, get help. If you find that you go to seek out help, say you start with your GP, because really that's kind of the first person most people start with. And if your GP either isn't tuned in to menopause or isn't doesn't know how to help you then don't stop there you got to find a woman's health specialist you could look around and find a naturopath you can find a nutritionist you can find a functional medicine doctor all sorts of women are doing and different health practitioners are doing work in this field find somebody and then go and have the talk and get help because there's definitely lots that can change um, you don't have to be stuck I would say that is the biggest. <laughs> yes, I, I agree. You do not have to be stuck. And Kathy, I have one last question for you. What is one thing you would tell somebody they can do for their health? Besides getting help? <laughs> yes, besides that. Yes. Besides yeah. so that's the first thing. Um, for their pelvic health or just for their menopausal health? It could it could just be one one thing. Like it could be anything. Yeah. You know what I always think of first is sleep. I think if you don't have sleep, you know, for say women that I talk to that are trying to lose weight or they're trying to get in better shape and and then you look at all the research and it says, well, you should be doing more intense training and you should be lifting heavy and that's a lot of the research now. But if women aren't sleeping, they can't repair, they can't repair their muscles, they can't feel good in the morning. Sleep is like, I think, the most important. And sometimes it's the hardest thing to get on top of. But it is the it is the thing to start with. So if you're thinking, oh, I'm not feeling the same, or I'm not, I'm not looking as good in my clothes, or I don't, you know, whatever those things are, 
look at your sleep first. You have to get that. Everything goes off of that. We have to get those circadian rhythms set and, and then, and then we can feed everything else back in there. Oh yeah. I, I sleep is, it, it's, it's so vital for your health. I, I 100% agree. So for those who really resonated with you, where can they learn more about you? If you could just tell us um, about, do you have offer any programs? Do you have a website? I know you mentioned you have a YouTube, just share that with everybody now. Yeah. So they can just go to my website, Kathy Watson Physiotherapy on there. I've actually got a couple of freebies on there right now. It's actually listed under freebies. So it's easy to find. Um, there's one on core. It's a little bit different core. It's kind of looking at core from a posture aspect and for lengthening and all sorts of stuff, but you get some little videos through that. Then I've got another one on menopause. I'm going to put more freebies on there, but I've got two on so far. They can definitely go to my YouTube channel and it's all under the same name. I'm going to be building more and more on there. Um, there's an online program that I've been building. It's not quite ready yet, but it'll all be about menopause, giving women information. So, um, I'll just let people know when it is ready. And if you're on that freebie list, then I'll definitely send you the information there as well. Okay. Now you, you work virtually or do you work just exclusively in person? I do both. So I work mostly in person. So I've got a full, full client um, you know, list for in-person, but I do still offer telehealth. Um, so for those women that are live far away or, you know, pelvic health definitely has to be done in person, really. You have to really know what's going on, but you can do a lot virtually as well. And I still do the odd one. So it's either or. Okay. And that's good to know. And I am going to put all of Kathy's contact information in the show notes. And I just want to say thank you so much just for being here, having this conversation and just for making women more aware of their bodies so we can help prevent all just the horrible things that can happen. And I just want to say, I appreciate you so much. Thanks, Sydney. I'm so happy to be here talking to you and sharing information. And I love all the stuff that you're doing and all the stuff that you're putting out there. So I'll thank you. Wait, don't go just yet. If you like today's episode, please leave a review. This way, the message of health and wellness can get shared with others. If you ever want to hang out, you can find me on Instagram at Balance Health Now. Until next time, stay well.